In episode one, we're going to walk through our opinions about the depth chart, specifically Jameis Winston and a possible suspension for next year. We're going to talk about Deshaun Jackson, our offensive line. Was that move for Ali Marpet really the best thing for him? And furthermore, what's the strongest position group on the offensive side of the ball? Don't that feel good when you're crowd behind you? You know what I'm saying? Let's give him something to cheer for now. Hey, I'm not going to be a real patient guy now. And I say this shit stops the day. Fire the cannon, Buxley. Tampa 2. Tampa 2. Think it's a game. I came up from nothing. You can't tell me. Yeah, did it on my own. Check out my neck, check out my wrist. Yeah. I swear I ain't never expected it to be like this. Now my name's Ryan. I'm from Tampa. I'm here with one of my good buddies, Matt, and we're gonna just kind of do this show from fan perspective, talking about what we feel and think about the Bucks. My name's Matt. Also, lifelong Bucks fan. Um, cool to be doing this, me and Ryan. And just been talking for years. We're best buds, and uh, like, why not get on here and give our takes? Hopefully, we can get some fans out here. You know, talk to you guys on Twitter and everything. I still got season tickets. I'm out there every Sunday. Maybe we can meet people. I think it's going to be a cool thing. And, um, yeah, let's get it going. Let's talk some Bucks football. So, first up, we're going to go through quarterbacks. Obviously, the most important position on the field. Matt, what are you thinking about the depth we have? Yeah, so Jameis is obviously the guy. Uh, you got Ryan Griffin uh, as the number two. The suspension thing is uh you know something people have talked about a little bit we don't know what's going to come of that hopefully we don't have that ezekiel elliott situation where we're kind of wondering and waiting and uh, if you guys don't know what i'm talking about referring to little uber incident um that's kind of been publicized a little bit but does anyone feel comfortable with ryan griffin being you know four game starter i don't I, you know here's the thing i think in preseason and in his short amount of time we've seen him he's been pretty okay uh, no knock on him. I right. think he's been been pretty good. But yeah, and they always, you know, I feel like they kind of thought he was going to be a long term number two. But you know, when you bring in Fitzpatrick last year, and obviously, you know, he played well. I just think it's something that they're going to have to figure out whether it's bringing him back. I know people have talked about maybe bringing Glennon back, but that's going to be something that they're going to have to figure out if there's a suspension because I, I just don't see you going with Griffin. No, I totally agree. And I was, I was looking, I kind of looked up some stats. So Ryan Fitzpatrick started three games. He threw for 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, and three interceptions. He didn't necessarily blow it out of the water, but at the same time, through all the games, no. I think he played, you know, a couple other times, kind of garbage time stuff, but 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. But he looked good. And, and when you think about those games he played, he gave us a chance to win. I think offseason will tell. If if I had to make a, a decision, I would say I see the Bucks probably bringing in. I could see them bringing in Glennon again for obviously a value, kind of self-explanatory. Ryan Griffin may kind of live in that third practice squad if he's eligible kind of world. So with with Jameis, you know, I, I think this is a big year that that he's got to put something out there. You know, I I think he got a little sidetracked or a little derailed with his nagging injury last year. I think that hurt him a little bit, but look, it, you know, it's going to be a bit of decision when we have to pay him. Hundred million is he a hundred million guy or not? And I, I've had this talk with so many people. You know, it's really tough 
because as a Bucks fan, we lived through the Freeman years where he had that ten and six season, and we thought, man, he has a shot. And then all the seasons after trying to find a guy, and then we get Jameis Winston, number one overall pick, and everyone. I, I mean, he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, he's the savior. He's so, the savior, and, and you know, and he's got to be. It, the thing that kills me, or that's really tough for me, is that when you watch Jameis Winston play. I just feel like he's so inaccurate. And then you look at other quarterbacks, like it's, you don't ever want to get in the comparison game, but at the same time, watch Aaron Rodgers and then say, do we have a franchise starting quarterback? I would say up to this point, I think the jury's still out. He's had moments where he makes some plays that you're like, man, I can't, I can't imagine having another quarterback. And then you have these getting sacked, throw the ball up in the air moments and you're, it can't happen. It, it just happen. can't happen, yeah. And we got to put, in general, a little pressure on Cutter too. I, I, you know, I think he's got to help James out with play. I, th- I feel like play calling this year was brutal. You know, we'll talk about that a little more getting closer to the season, but I think that's got to improve as well to help him. Totally out. agree. And I think we saw it towards the end of the season when he was healthy, and I think as fans, we're just hoping that that's carried on to this coming year, and. Shit, like you said, that that's the hardest thing to have in NFL's a franchise QB, and we hope we have one. And this year we'll know. All right, so moving on to running back. So obviously the news now: Doug Martin's gone. So in twenty seven, bye bye, <laughs> bye uh, Yeah, you know, the, uh, it just it was time. It was definitely time. You can't go six seasons and only have two productive ones. I mean, it just can't happen with paying him two. Maybe one. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I mean, he had two productive seasons. He hit, what, 1,000 yards, 2015, and then his rookie season too, right? Look, it was time. We <laughs> shouldn't, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but he shouldn't have been on the fucking roster this year. Let's be real. I mean, you're not but, wrong. I you mean, know, life, <laughs> you know, they tried to get him back and regain that Pro Bowl form, but look, it was a horrible decision, and bye-bye. We're done. And you know, we're going to talk about a couple more guys here, but Barber, Sims, Rogers. We just signed this Dalton dude. I think he's better at lacrosse than football. We'll figure that out. Um, <laughs> True. I mean, Sims hasn't done anything either. And, you know, none of these guys had. That's a position group. We both, I think we've talked about this. We both agree. They're going to have to go at least bring two guys in here into uh, a high draft pick if you're going to go draft pick, you know, uh, second, third round, something like that. And then we have to do it in free agency. We have to bring someone in. So there's definitely going to be change coming. Yeah, I was looking. I looked at some numbers because the one that bothers me most is Charles Sims just because he's he's a hell of a salsa dancer if you watch him play. Um, but he ran the ball 21. Yep. Yeah, he two steps on him. 21 times for 95 yards, caught 35 passes for 249 yards and one touchdown. That's not a game or three games. That's the entire season. He only ran the ball 21 times for 95 yards. And yeah, you can't keep someone on a roster that I just don't see it. I just don't see it with him. Numbers called. Yeah. And, you know, let's move on from that. He was a draft pick. You know, we thought he was a good pass catching guy and he's got decent hands, but just the way running backs go in the NFL, you, you got to have guys behind your starter. So that's true. Peyton Barber to me is an interesting win because I think he's now at this point bought himself a ticket. Uh, right now, 
all things considered, he's our starter going into the year, barring obviously free agency or the draft. Peyton Barber's a starter with Jacquez Rogers behind him, in my opinion, and Charles Sims not on the team. And I think that leaves some room to be desired. That's definitely a group that I'm not feeling strong about. You know, Barber had some solid games last year, looked good when he got in there. So I'm not saying don't give him a chance. I'm I'm totally on board with getting him some touches, but you you can't go into a year thinking him and uh Rogers are gonna be bell cows and carry your playoffs. That I think that's uh, not happening. No, absolutely not. I think if we're being really honest, I think Peyton Barber is a really third tier, maybe second back. You know who I think he could be? You know, kind of thinking of in staying with our division. I think he could be a, a Jonathan Stewart type, you know, on as an upside, you know, be a, a, a solid starter and do some good things. But he's not going to be uh, anyone you're going to give the ball to 25, 30, you know, a game. You got to have someone else to compliment him. But Jacquez Rogers for me. I, you know, should be nothing more than a, a four, a four, and at that fourth guy, if on game day you need him to come in and get a couple, yeah, boot, yeah, we can't say hey on Sunday we need this guy to carry the ball twenty five. It just can't happen. So I think we agree on that. Jock Quiz is he's good for where he's at, but that's about it right now. Um, moving on to fullback, Austin Johnson. I, well, to be honest with you, I don't remember a formation where we had. Austin Johnson in the game. And if it was, that was pretty unmemorable to think about. Yeah. And it's because that's what everyone said when Cutter was in Atlanta. Oh, he did a great job utilizing the fullback. Well, we haven't seen that. The the fullback position for us, I feel like should be Alan Cross type guys where they take a roster spot technically in the tight end position, but really kind of by his body type. He can play multiple, and I feel like that could be a guy used in isolated situations that could be, you know, he could be pretty serviceable. I, again, I think that kind of touches on what you were saying. The play calling has got to be better to util- utilize some of these guys that I think could make some plays. Now, I'm not saying he's going to put up solid numbers, but, you know, look up the end of the year. He has 16 catches, 17 catches for, you know, 100 yards maybe. Uh, you know, I'd be – I'd be pretty happy with that if if we had a guy playing multiple spots like that and leaving another spot for, say, like a corner or something. Right, which is what they've done in the past with like a Luke Stocker type. Let's get into uh, receivers. Obviously, the big dogs, Evans. Let's let's start talking about D-Jax. That's a, a pickup. Everyone's super psyched about this offseason, me included. And then it kind of unravels to where you kind of remember, well, Jameis isn't the most accurate deep ball thrower. so. That connection didn't really get off the ground this past year, right? For me, Deshaun Jackson, some of the plays he's made throughout his career, you can't – I mean, he's incredible. But at this stage – one of the best deep ball threats in the NFL since he's been – Period. Here. Period, yeah. So is it him or Jameis? It's got to be Jameis to me. I mean, it's not like Deshaun Jackson yeah. lost a step. Watch some of those go routes. Dude's wide open. With, without a question. Without Yes, go back and watch the tape, and it's – horrible throws and it, that's either got to get better or we're wasting i believe 11 mil a year the thing for me i think is when i look at Jameis and i think about the big picture Jameis really has succeeded when he's had big receivers that are more you know they're moving the sticks they're not going deep if you really watch when he was most successful and i feel like deshaun jackson 
is a Ferrari, but it's not the car that's going to get you to work every day. And I feel like, in my opinion, you keep Chris Godwin, put him at two, use Adam Humphreys at three, and we say bye to Deshaun Jackson or trade him and try to get a corner defensive end or somebody who's going to knock the shit out of a quarterback because Lord knows we need it. And and I agree with you there. I don't think you can go get an elite DN for him. I, if you can get a solid to above average starting cornerback, that's something I do. You know, But me and you both have talked about that. It's like, you know, if that ain't working and you see Godwin come in there and play well and you got Humph in the slot and two great tight ends, well, if if, if that's something that's not working, you know. Yeah, and obviously I think we all agree Mike Evans is, when he's on, he's he's a top five, top three receiver. And, you know, you we can all debate that, but stats don't lie. And if you just watch tape, he's a top five receiver all the time. I think when when he really excels, it's those jump ball situations and possessions. I mean, he is he is a great player. I think he works really well with Jameis because he's a big body that can get in front of corners. And some of those inaccurate throws, he can kind of hide some of that. Um, I feel like I'm I'm kind of coming down hard on Jameis. But, I mean, Mike Evans, just look at how many times he was running an in route and he has to reach behind him to grab a ball. I mean, if that guy has any kind of pass in front of him, Maybe his yak doesn't look so bad. Let's go a little uh, deeper into Evans. Does it worry you they haven't got him to an extension yet? You know, there's only been one person of the first round of that draft class that's got an extension. You know who that is? Who's that? Blake Bortles. Did you think I was going to say Blake Bortles? Uh, and that was today. That was that was I today over, over OBJ, oh, Mike Evans. I mean, Blake Bortles got an extension before Mike Evans. I don't think anybody would say he's a top five quarterback. So it's kind of crazy to me that we can say that about Evans. We can't say it about Bortles, but yet he hasn't been extended. I think that's a no brainer. I think what they're probably trying to do is let Odell get his contract and then kind of set the table for what we're going to pay Mike Evans. Yeah. And kind of, you know, just wrapping up the receivers. We both kind of talked about Godwin. We feel like great draft pick. He looked, he looked good. Kind of excited to see him this year, um, give him more opportunities. And, um, Humphreys is kind of that guy that, you know, just going to be a slot guy, sure-handed. Had a couple solid games last year, but kind of faded a little bit with bringing in D-Jax and then having Godwin. But I feel like that's one of the stronger groups. Um, You know, you get down there in Martino and Bobo. But we got uh, weapons for our our quote-unquote franchise quarterback. So it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think overall wide receiver strong. I think we'd all agree. The one that always kind of – I don't understand the Freddie Martino thing. I just feel like there's veterans out there that could probably be a more serviceable four. But, I mean, if they see something in him, I guess that's cool considering that's a strong group. But to me, I like Bobo Wilson a lot more just because he's so quick. And it's, you know, we haven't really had a ton of receivers that were fast and shifty and can take the ball and kick off and punt returns. And I feel like Bobo can do that. And I'm hoping next year he gets more of an opportunity to to take some kicks, do some punts, and maybe he doesn't cuss out some coaches and gets that chance, you know? <laughs> Stop being a dick on Hard Knocks. But, well, you know, side note there, glad we're not on Hard Knocks this year. Holy uh, shit, that was brutal. Was the, you think it was the curse last year? Yeah. Was it the curse of Hard Knocks? Yeah, it was the Chris Baker curse. Yeah. He's humping a tree somewhere else. So, <laughs> All right, you want to – let's get into this uh, – O-line, and and off the bat, I think the big story of last year was uh, moving Marpet to center. And, 
Mm. Yeah, exactly. Both of us uh, struggling for words there. I think that was a move that not psyched about. You know, it's something that they say they want to get their best offensive linemen, their five best on the field, and you get that. But it just didn't look to be the greatest move in hindsight after a year, huh? I, I'll i be honest, I hated it. Because if you watched the year before, Ali Marpet was really, really solid in the run game as a guard. Not that he wasn't as a center. I just think it kind of calls for a different, obviously, it's a different position altogether. And I think Ali Marpet really excelled at a guard. And I think we could have looked up potentially in two years and he would have been a consistent pro bowler at guard. I understand the thought process to go to center. I do. I get it. I don't love Joe Hawley being our starting center, but at the same time, he's got some dog in him and he fights. So I was cool with him until we could get, you know, a free agent that perhaps is better and then use him for depth because I think he's a great team guy. But I totally agree. Ali Marpet needs to go back to guard. There's no way we keep him at center. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, uh, when we get our podcast before or after the combine, you know, maybe look at some centers. Um, I think we're both on board with, you know, second, third round. If you get a, a starting caliber center, I think we're both on board for that and being able to move Marpet back. Tackle wise, Smith and Dodson, I feel like both had solid years. And I feel like all the numbers that I looked at, had Dodson as one of his best years. Both played solid. You know, I don't think they're uh, going to Canton uh, next year or anything. But <laughs> no, I, like, I don't think uh, so either. You, you, you can have a successful team with both of them. Yeah, that's th- that's the thing. I definitely, and I know we've talked about this before, but I, I all these people always are saying we need to get another left tackle. We need to get another. We need a draft or free agency. The thing is, is Donovan Smith is in, going into his, what is it, fourth year? And he hasn't missed played what every game. Every game, he's been dependable. Yes, yeah. he's he's young. I mean, he's going against the best pass rushers in the league every week. So yeah, there's going to be moments where he doesn't look great because he's getting crushed. But at the same time, you can't say that there are that many other left tackles that were drafted around his same position that are better than him. I mean. Other than, I mean, Larry Tunstall kind of comes to mind, and I don't even think he's significantly better than Donovan Smith, enough to warrant another draft pick or more money in free agency. I think with Donovan Smith, and he has a relationship with Jameis, I think you keep that dude for sure. We probably lock him up, hope that we can really get a line coach that's developing him. And then Dotson, for the most part, been pretty consistent. I think at some point we probably start to look to upgrade you know, you get those, you get those dumb plays, the penalties, the holding, the false start. That shit needs to stop for him. Um, Benina, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, it might be Beninock. I, I don't you know. know. I could be wrong though. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, I think he's gonna have some pretty. You know, he's a guy that they've kind of kept on uh, since they drafted him, and uh, he's got to either provide depth and uh, you know be a guy that can step in and play different positions. Um, totally agree. And, you know, there's one guy that jumps out to me on the offensive line that I feel like we kind of need to move on from. Evan Smith, to me, you know, he's been okay when he's been in. Uh, but he just has – he's never been consistent. He's he, for, unfortunately injury prone. And I hate using that word because these are people we're talking about. But at the same time, in in relation to kind of what we're trying to talk about here, he has had injury concerns in the past, and I just 
next year he's going to be on schedule to make three point five million dollars. He's someone that I, you know, you can fill that slot with a little less money or a younger player. I agree with you there. Yeah. And um, but you know, he's versatile. If you keep him on, it's it's not a killer. Him and Pam Phil are almost the same kind of guy, you know. Um, and I believe they both. Uh, I know Evan Smith has taken snaps at center, and I believe Pam Phil has too in practice and stuff. So they're both guys that play the interior. Totally agree. Not a bad group, like you said. You know, where I, I feel like we're both looking for them to make a move in the middle of the line, and we'll get into that box. But um, Sweezy, do we think Sweezy's back? Big. Oh man, question question of the day for the old line. You know, if it if it's me, I I, I move on from him. If we can um, we can go get a starting starting caliber center uh, or guard, like I said. I would prefer them to go center and move Marpet. See if yeah. you can get a solid one or high in the draft. Move Marpet. Um, still got Hanfield there at guard. I think think you're paying him too much. He was inconsistent, but I do love his attitude. So either him or Smith, I feel like you got to move on from. This might be my favorite group on the team, and I I share this with everyone, and I'm so unforgiving about this. I fucking love our tight ends. I think OJ Howard is gonna be a beast. He might already be there just watching the end of the year before he got hurt. He was kind of coming on. And Cameron Brait, you can't convince me he couldn't go somewhere else and be a like a solid starter, pass-catching, you know, tight end. That dude catches everything. He's got chemistry with Jameis. If if you watch any kind of Bucks game, he's, he's Jameis' favorite target. And if he's in New England, you know, him and Brady are uh, doing the TB12 program and um, eating avocado ice cream, and he's a uh, – Pro bowler, but he's, he's awesome. He's uh, great. Is Jameis's favorite guy on third down. Um, Howard's a stud. Claire, they kept uh, kept him on. You know, I feel like they like him as a young guy developing a little bit. That's yeah, that's a great group. Let's utilize them more. Oh, 100%. I think they could be utilized so much more. I think crossing routes, particularly with OJ Howard's speed. You know, the the famous New England pick plays that has won them Super Bowls and, you know, done all these great things. I think O.J. Howard can kill that. And if you watch him in the screen game, he's a monster blocker, too. So the combination of him and Cameron Brait on at the same time, I think, could just be special. You know, it could kind of be circa Aaron Hernandez and Gronk back in the day. You know, they both kind of, you know, Brait's kind of got the wiggle Hernandez has. O.J. Howard is kind of a big force quite obviously not quite as big as Gronk but they could do similar kind of things with them and I think we might look up you know a year from now and say man our tight ends were the strength of the team probably again well yeah they just you know they give you so much matchup nightmares um you know if a linebacker guards them you, you know they pull away they're too big for cornerbacks so yeah utilize them more Cutter, play calling. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot more about that, but um, play calling, play calling. Those guys. If you guys got some thoughts, you want to email us, the Tampa 2 podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Tampa 2 podcast underscore.